Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Rogers. And on today's episode, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, college football rivalry week just wrapped up. We're heading into the conference championships next Saturday. Uh, the Falcons played the Jaguars in a matchup for the ages on Sunday. And the Hawks um, have a little bit of injury bug going around after this game against the Knicks. We'll get into that later. We're going to start off with college football this week because it's, it's hot right now. Things are really heating up there. Um, a, a lot of stuff happened over this rivalry weekend heading into these conference championship games. And the playoff is really starting to take form right now. So we're going to get into the the games that were over the weekend. Uh, get into the results a little bit. Um, you know, See how the playoff is going to look heading into the championship weekend. And then we'll preview the conference championship games next Saturday, which uh, we got some really good ones on the slate. So we'll start off from the top. Um, my my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets hosted the Georgia Bulldogs and uh, the annual clean old-fashioned hate. And it went as bad as bad as you expected, 45 to nothing Georgia. Don't really need to go too in-depth into that one. So Georgia wins. Um, They're... In the playoff, no matter what, pretty much, uh, they're twelve and on the year. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about them a little more later. Uh, moving on, number two, Ohio State went to the big house to face number five, Michigan. Michigan hasn't beaten Ohio State since twenty eleven, and they ended the streak on Saturday a forty two to twenty seven victory uh, for the Wolverines. Absolute dominant performance for Hassan Haskins. Uh, Michigan's running back, 28 carries, 169 yards, and five touchdowns. Um, Yeah, that's a lot of touchdowns for him. Uh, Scored um, five of their six touchdowns, so have a game for him. Um, He scored the last last five, too. It's pretty crazy. The first one was a a 14-yard run by A.J. Henning. And then the rest were just was just Hassan Haskins over and over and over again. And, uh, yeah, Michigan really kind of dominated Ohio State in this game. Uh, Ohio State did score a little bit, but their defense made plays when they had to. And they were like, I mean, you know, I, was, so I kept on thinking Ohio State's going to creep back into this game and they're going to they're pull it out last second. But that Michigan was not going to let that happen. Um, they outscored them by 14 in the second half. And uh, good for Michigan, man. I'm happy for them. They are off to the Big Ten Championship where they will face Iowa. And uh, they they win that game. They are in the college football playoff for the first time. So good for them. Uh, moving on to number three, Alabama facing Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Game of the week, in my opinion. Um, a four-overtime thriller, which Alabama comes from behind, wins 24-22. They trailed 10-3. Um, or they trailed ten to nothing in the third quarter, and then ten to three, until there was twenty four seconds left in the game. And I mean, Bryce Young makes an absolute dime of a throw to Jacory Brooks, a twenty eight yard touchdown with twenty four seconds to tie the game at ten. We go to overtime. They exchange blows until the fourth overtime, and we got the weird two point conversion off. Um, and Alabama gets theirs after Auburn failed to convert. And it was a walk-off two-point conversion to John Mechie the third. Alabama wins 24-22. to They stay alive for the college football playoff, even though they could have lost this game and still been alive. But anyway, 
they um they're 11 and 1. They're heading into Atlanta to face Georgia next week and they've got a little momentum on their side. Um, other games, Baylor beat Texas Tech 27-24. Um, they still have like an outsideish shot of getting in. Um, the the nightcap game, Bedlam, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, um, was actually Bedlam. Uh, the high scoring affair that it usually is. People were um, speculating this could be a low scoring game because Oklahoma State's defense has been very good this year. Um, and they gave up 33 points. They come from behind to beat Oklahoma 37 to 33. So kind of a classic bedlam score right there. And, uh, it was a really good game. Um, you know, they, they shut out Oklahoma in the fourth quarter, outscoring them 13 to nothing. And I'm getting breaking news on the podcast. Um, it looks like, yeah, Jameer Gibbs, Georgia Tech standout is entering the transfer transfer portal. Um, that is uh, really depressing for me as a Georgia Tech fan. Um, yeah, 10 minutes ago, he put it out on Twitter. He is gone. He led, uh, led the nation in all-purpose yards this year, and he had the highest receiving grade of any running back in the country, and he is gone entering the transfer portal, portal RIP. That's, that's, that's some depressing news. Anyway, we'll move on, though. Yeah, Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma. They are heading to the Big 12 Championship to face Baylor. And uh, the winner of that game, or uh, not the winner of that game, but if Oklahoma State were to win, they have an outside-ish shot of making the playoff. Uh, moving on from there, Cincinnati played on Friday. They played Eastern Carolina. They took care of business 35-13, so they are firmly in the playoff um, as of right now. And they have a huge game in their conference championship against Houston next Saturday. They win. They are in the playoff. It's right there in front of them. Um, Notre Dame faced Stanford. They took care of business 45-14. to They are another team with an outside shot of getting in. If um, some, some teams lose, they're going to need like Michigan to lose, Cincinnati to lose. <clears throat> a bunch of teams need to lose for um, Notre Dame to squeak in. But they have an outside shot still. So... Um, yeah, that's all the results from last week. Um, pretty good games overall. Good weekend of college football. Always good rivalry weekend. Um, it's always fun to watch. LSU also beat um, Texas a and and Coach O's last game. So, yeah, that's uh, good for Coach O. And uh, now we will move on to next week's games, the conference championships. Um, in the Pac-12, um, no football, or playoff implications, rather, in this game. It's Oregon and Utah rematch of a couple weeks ago. Utah absolutely beat down Oregon, so we'll see if Oregon can get some revenge in that game. Like I said, in the Big 12, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State, if they win that game, they have an outside shot of getting in. Uh, you got Houston and Cincinnati. Like I said, Cincinnati wins. They are in the playoff, most likely, unless something bizarre happens. Um, then you got Michigan and Iowa. Uh, Michigan opening up as 10.5-point favorites. In that game, they win and they're in. Uh, ACC championship is Pittsburgh, Wake Forest. Um, no implications there, but two 10-2 teams this year. Now, so both teams having a really good seasons, and yeah, that should be a, um, a, a very, very good game for those two programs as they kind of had surprise years winning 10 games. And then the big one, 4 o'clock on CBS, Georgia, Alabama in the SEC championship. Um, kind of a weird game. Uh, because Georgia could lose, and they are still definitely probably in the playoff, in my opinion. Uh, they open up a six and a half point favorites 
at Mercedes-Benz. Um, and I want to talk about this game for a second in particular because I've seen some um, some people talking about this game and saying that Georgia has nothing to play for. And I just think that couldn't be more wrong. Um, obviously, Alabama has everything to play for because they kind of need to win this game. Um, I guess there's still this, like a slim chance of them losing this game and still somehow getting in. I'm sure uh, people wouldn't love that, but I think it's still on the table if a bunch of other teams lose, like Michigan losing, Cincinnati losing, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, yeah, I do think there's like a slim shot of that happening. Uh, but I will say this about Georgia and the thought that some people have they have nothing to play for. Georgia wants to bury Alabama on Saturday. They do not want Alabama anywhere near the playoff. Like I personally do as a Georgia Tech fan, but if I was a Georgia fan, um, I would want to bury them now because they would just scare the living hell out of me, having them just lurking in the playoff after they've already beat you once in the SEC championship game. Um, Alabama has been Georgia's kryptonite for the past few years. And yeah, I hope that continues because, you know, right now, Alabama, Michigan, they are the two main, the main teams that have a shot of knocking off Georgia. And if Georgia could just get Alabama out now and have them not anywhere near this playoff, I'm sure they would love that. And, but yeah, if Alabama wins this game and it ends up in the playoff um, and them and Georgia will be on a collision course to meet in the national championship game, um, that that's not going to be fun for Georgia fans. They are not going to be having a good time if that happens because it's just going to be deja vu all over again for them. And Alabama is just the boogeyman for them. And um, I hope that continues. I really do. Or Michigan. Hey, big blue. I'm rooting for you guys. So, yeah, uh, those are all of the conference championships uh, coming up next Saturday. Uh, a couple on Friday, too. Pac-12s on Friday. And um, the Conference USA Championship is on Friday. UTSA actually lost, which is... um which is upsetting. I was hoping they would go undefeated. But anyway, uh, that'll do it for the college football talk on this one, opening up the show for the first time. Uh, but I feel like that was necessary because they got a big week coming up. And um, yeah, there'll be a lot more college football talk over the next few weeks for sure. So now we'll move on to the Atlanta Falcons. They had a doozy of a game against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. They did win, 21 to 14. Um, not a very um, action-packed game to say the least. Uh, Falcons led this game at one point, 21 to three. Jacksonville had the ball late in the game with a chance to go tie it, but um, they could not convert and um, get down the field and score. So Falcons were able to hold on, 21 to 14. Uh, this was a defensive performance by the Falcons. Uh, they only gave up one touchdown. I know it's uh, 14, you think they gave up two touchdowns, but they gave up a touchdown. They gave up two field goals, a touchdown, two-point conversion. So a very interesting way the Jaguars got 14 points in this game. Uh, Falcons scored three touchdowns, two of them coming from the god, Cordero Patterson, who just continues to have a spectacular season. And, um, yeah, the main, main focal point of this game, what really won the Falcons the game was the defense. The defense performed very well. Like I said, only giving up the one touchdown. Um, they did... They bent but didn't break late in the game. Um, but they really built out the offense because Matt Ryan, um, while he wasn't bad, definitely wasn't his sharpest. Uh, but, yeah, they, they they did what they had to do to win this game. Jacksonville is not good. You would like to see the Falcons beat them a little more handedly. But um, that was just not the case. Uh, but a win's a win's a win's a win. 
Um, like I said, Cordero Patterson, two rushing touchdowns, 16 catches or 16 carries for 108 rushing yards. That's pretty much seven yards a carry. He had a 27-yard carry. He was awesome. He also had two catches for 27 yards. Um, Russell Gage was the leading receiver in this game. He had a very good game. Six catches on seven targets, 62 yards, and a touchdown for him. Uh, Kyle Pitts was pretty quiet in this game. Only two catches for 26 yards, but it was enough um, for the offense to uh, to get enough on the board and hold off these pesky Jaguars, I guess, is uh, what, you, uh, what you could call them. Um, Falcons uh, had one sack in this game. Came from Dante Fowler. A little revenge sack against his old team. Good for him. And, um, yeah, the Falcons, as of right now, uh, let's look at the playoffs, playoff picture. As of right now, the Atlanta Falcons are right on the outside looking in, I believe, of the playoff picture. Yeah, or they're in. They're in. Um, so, yeah, they're they're the eight seed right now. Or No, 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 they're, they're right outside. They're, the, they're right outside the Vikings of the seven seed. Uh, they have the same exact record as the Vikings at 5-6. and six. So the Falcons are definitely in the playoff picture. They're right smack dab in the middle of the hunt. So, uh, yeah. You know, you can call that a good thing or a bad thing. But um, they are right there. Despite their best efforts of just being terrible the past two weeks before this game, um, they are still in striking distance of being in the playoffs, which is insane. They're second in the division right now, which is pretty wild. And, yeah. Um, they got a game next week against, what is wrong with my thing? Anyway, um, let me pull up their game next week. They play the Buccaneers next week, yeah. Buccaneers at home at 1 o'clock, um, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, but it could be like, this could be the Falcons, like um, maybe, I don't know. This could be the game where they finally wake up and just pull off a huge upset and maybe give people actual reason to believe that they could be a legitimate playoff team if they can beat the bucks next week i'll, I'll be excited for sure you know I'll, it'll be an eyebrow raiser and be like maybe they maybe they're back maybe they found something here i don't know but at home one o'clock against tom brady and the bucks um yeah it should be should be interesting we'll 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 see how that one goes so um that's enough for the falcons talk uh, we will wrap up the show right now with some talk about the Atlanta Hawks and uh, the week they had. Uh, had a couple of injuries on Saturday night against the Knicks. And a kind of a, not, I don't want to say like a depleting loss, but the Falcons, or not the Falcons, the Hawks were depleted on the court as they were just very obviously gassed in this game. Um, so yeah, it wasn't um, the best showing, but this was the end of the seven-game winning streak. They had won every game this week up until then. Um, it was the second half of a back-to-back um, where they played the Grizzlies the night before, where they absolutely dominated the Grizzlies. But they started the week out against the Thunder. They handled the Thunder a 12-point win. Um, they really handled all three games until they lost the Knicks. 12-point um, win against the Thunder, a 18-point uh, win against the Spurs, and then a 32-point win against the Grizzlies. And um, those three teams, all three aren't very good. Um, I'll say that. And the, the Grizzlies lost John Morant halfway through that game. And the Hawks just really blew them out late. Um, outscored them 43-18 to in the third quarter. Uh, Trey Young was terrific in, in this game. 31 points. Um, so, yeah, three in one week. They lost to the Knicks. And, I mean, the Knicks fans were eating it up because this is kind of their finals, I guess, in the middle of the season. Uh, and they're just still kind of upset about the playoff series last year. So they were really eating it up after their regular season win over the Hawks, which um, were power to them. 
Uh, they won 99-90. Trey had 33 points, um, and they did lose Bogdanovich and Reddish in this game with injuries. Um, Cam is day-to-day -day right now, and uh, Bogey is going to miss um, two weeks with an ankle sprain. Cam's injury is a wrist sprain, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's day-to-day -day with a wrist sprain. Bogey is out for two weeks with an ankle sprain. So, yeah, those are the two injuries that came out of that game. Uh, pretty significant. Um, Bogdanovich has been a starter all year <clears throat> for the Hawks. And it looks like um, if Cam, probably going to miss his next game against the Pacers. But um, even if he if he is able to come back soon, he is going to get some starting minutes now with Bogdanovich out. But until then, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Maybe Lou Will maybe can get a start. Um, Delon Wright's an option as well. We'll see how they um, maneuver the starting lineup. It's not super important because they can just um, um, it can be just very interchangeable without Bogey, and they can use a bunch of different guys if need be. Uh, but definitely, a, definitely a significant loss for the Hawks over the next two weeks. Nothing um, that's going to be debilitating for them, but definitely um, something to note and something that could could affect uh, these next couple weeks for the Hawks, who have been playing very well lately, and Bogey's been um, a pretty big part of that too. So. Something to look out for, and um, yeah, hopefully Bogdanovich can get back out there soon because he is a very good player, and um, he's been shooting the ball pretty well lately. So that'll do it for Hawks Talk, and um, we'll wrap up the show with, I don't have any Braves news um, as of right now, but right like I, I don't know if anyone pays attention to the, to the MLB offseason really, um, but it is going crazy right now. Um, Max Scherzer signed about an hour ago to the New York Mets. There's just signings left and right. And there's also the non-tender deadline coming in the next couple of days. So there will be some kind of Braves news, um, whether it's a, them signing somebody. They're definitely going to have to tender a contract and just tender some contracts. And there's a possibility of some guys getting non-tendered, which is um, definitely news, especially for guys like Adam Duvall and um, other, other guys like that that are under arbitration for the Braves. And they are definitely, um, they're definitely, it's definitely possible that they can uh, make a, make a free agent signing in the next couple of days because every a lot of players are trying to sign before this lockout, um, as the CBA expires, in Major League Baseball. So yeah, uh, there will be some Braves news in the next couple of days. If it is super significant, I might hop on for an emergency podcast. It just depends on what they do or what they don't do. So we will see how that goes. Um, but that'll do it for this episode. If you made this far listening, I really appreciate it. And I will see you in the next one.